hamburger stand, this little, little hamburger stand in, in California that wasn't particularly successful. And so he partnered with the owners at age 53 and then went on to purchase the company in 1959 and now turned into the McDonald's franchises. Welcome to the Life in Paradise podcast, the show about creating a life you never need a vacation from. You'll gain inspiration from those who have done it before as we share experiences, strategies, and offer practical steps you can take to live your dream life in paradise with your host, attorney-turned-alchemist, Don Fleming. Hello, we are into a new month and a new quarter. And since it is the week of April Fools, I want to say don't be a fool. Don't be fooled into believing that you're too old or it's too late for you to find work that makes a difference or build wealth. So that's the topic of our show today. I'm so glad you're here to join me. The title of this episode is the art of blooming late. I personally am a late bloomer to some degree, (laughs) and many other folks are as well. And a lot of times we think, oh, you know, we missed our opportunity. We don't have the same options going forward to be, do, or have whatever we want. I uh, recently did a webinar on uh, Midlife in Paradise, Three Secrets, to creating your rich, happy dream life. And in there, I talk about the difference between success and happiness and how a lot of folks have it backwards. And that is in order to be happy, we must be successful. And in that masterclass, I talk about Aristotle because he was the one actually who founded the science of happiness. And we know now that happiness comes before success. It happiness doesn't automatically follow success. A lot of folks think that that is the case, and it's just not. So talking about Aristotle, so he's, you know, well known through history, great philosopher, but he didn't really devote his efforts to writing and philosophy until he was nearly 50 years old. You know, that that's late in life, right? Especially back then when you were talking about um, a life expectancy that was shorter. But a lot of it really has to do with finding yourself and really getting in touch with who you are at your core, not your chosen career path that you selected and maybe you don't want to do anymore, but really who you are at the soul level. Maybe you are in a you know, job where you're underpaid, you're feeling unfulfilled and restricted by not being able to do the things that you want to do. Uh, let's say you're a budding musician and you really have this burning desire to put in more time and energy to your music. And, you know, maybe you have some doubts and are, you know, not sure, oh my gosh, maybe it's just a hobby and I just need to leave it at that. And what if, what if you quit your job and you went on to have the most productive and creative life you can imagine? Well, that's exactly what happened to Mozart, renowned musician 
And that's what happened to him. And and we know the rest of that story, right? So having a uh, the aspiration to to do follow your passion and and turn that hobby into a full blown new career, and creating that action plan can be certainly daunting, but it's possible. And there's so many examples and for inspiration that we can follow to really live our best life as we hit that that midlife phase. So today, I just want to inspire you with a few stories as you're thinking about what comes next for you so that you can really have the, the bigger vision of really what's possible and don't, don't put those limits on yourself. So if you're stuck, I want to tell you about a very creative and talented young woman who bounced from job to job during the course of her 20s. She worked as a teacher. She worked as a secretary and a researcher and really didn't feel like she had a lot of options. And she was actually feeling like a total failure, clinically depressed. And she took those feelings and flipped them to her advantage. And so she, since she didn't really have a lot to lose, she hadn't been successful in a traditional career path. She said, I'm going to do what I really, really want to do, what I love to do. And that was writing children's fantasy novels. And so she said, I stopped pretending to myself that I was anything other than what I was. And you might have heard of her. Her pen name is J.K. Rowling, the Harry Potter author. So, you know, if that's how you're feeling, you're in great company, right? So there's another instance of someone who followed their passion and and it really turned into something profound that has affected um, many people, but in particular, her and her life, financial opportunities, for sure. Another uh, one of my favorite late bloomers is a gentleman who, after World War I, was a salesman for milkshake machines. And he was in California selling his milkshake machines and really saw an opportunity to work with a hamburger stand, this little little hamburger stand in, in California that wasn't particularly successful. And so he partnered with the owners at age 53 and then went on to purchase the company in 1959 and helped develop the procedures and um, processes that have now turned in today to the McDonald's franchises. And while he wasn't the founder of that company or of fast food, he was essentially the father of franchises and went on to uh, have an amazing career and be in a position uh, financially to live out his golden years. That gentleman's name is Ray Kroc, and his book, Grinding It Out, is an awesome read, particularly if you're a business book junkie like me. I highly recommend it. 
Another story you may or may not be familiar with was that of Anna Mary Robertson. She was always interested in the art world from the time she was a young girl, but she didn't pursue her love of art because, you know, she was busy um, getting married and raising a family and did paint occasionally as a, for a hobby. But she, at age 67, became extremely depressed after the death of her husband. So she was trying to figure out how to keep busy, to keep her mind off of her grief. And in her 70s, she devoted uh, most of her time to her artwork. And she never took any art classes, totally self-taught, and... An art collector had seen her work hanging in a local art store, and he he bought them all. She was 78 years old, and her works were actually shown in the Museum of Modern Art in New York, and uh, uh, later on had really appealed to a much wider audience, and she became known as Grandma Moses. And she started writing her memoir at age 92, died at the age of 101. So it's not, it's never too late. And, and I actually know of, of artists here, uh, in East Lumetis as well. Um, they weren't artists. Um, one lady I know I did a, an interview with, uh, Debbie Seal Cobaina. She is an incredible artist and, and she was a nurse. She retired uh, due to Parkinson's disease and has, um, that's a great interview. I'll have to link to the link to it in the show notes, but has really been able to have an amazing life and keep her symptoms at bay through the work that she's done in really producing um, pleasure, uh, dancing and playing music and art and, and really has um, done very well with, her, with that um, disease. Another gentleman I want to tell you about is, if you're not familiar with, uh, who is also a late boomer, is Alan Rickman. And he got attention in the beginning from Bruce Willis, producer of the Die Hard series. And he had, he had a degree in the arts, and that was because drama school didn't wasn't a sensible thing to do. And then he became, went on to become a graphic designer and opened a, his own uh, graphic design studio. But he really had this calling to act. He kept um, involved in it and got a big break in a play. And then he was replaced by another actor. At 42 year old, two years old, he took the role of Professor Severius Snape of the Harry Potter series and has had an amazing career ever since. We'll be back in a moment. Isla Mujeres is a Caribbean jewel off the coast of Cancun. Castellito del Caribe warmly invites you to enjoy our spectacular oceanfront villa located in the heart of El Centro and a short walk to Playa Norte, which is ranked one of the top 10 beaches in the world. 
with an ocean view of crystal clear turquoise waters overlooking both the Caribbean and Cancun city skyline, we offer a fabulous location for you to enjoy all the peace and tranquility you're looking for on vacation, while also taking in all the excitement the island has to offer, with activities either in walking distance or a golf cart day excursion away. Please visit CastelitoCaribe.com www.castellitocaribe.com We look forward to seeing you soon. I'm so happy to have you with me for the Life in Paradise podcast. I love our listeners and fans, and we'd love to show our appreciation for you supporting the show. So please head over to lifeinparadisepodcast.com where you can find free resources mentioned in the show and also register for our gifts, prizes, and swag. I'd also love to hear from you. So there's a place on that page to submit your questions, comments, and requests so I can serve you better. And if I answer your question on the show, we'll send you a free gift. A couple more stories I want to share with you. One is... um, probably well known to you. The other one is a personal friend of mine. But as a child, her family moved around a lot. And in an effort to help with the family finances, she decided to become a teacher. And she stopped doing that once she got married and helped her husband work on their farm. Uh, Her Son died after a at a month old, and then her husband became paralyzed. So when she was forty three years old, her daughter Rose said, "Mom, why don't you write a memoir about growing up on a farm in your childhood?" And so she had attempted to uh, market her autobiography and got rejected numerous times. So she didn't give up, though. She spent quite a few years improving it and uh, trying to make it better. Finally, she got a publisher who agreed to publish her manuscript in the form of a children's fiction story. And she was 65 years old when The Little House in the Big Woods was published. And, of course, we know She went on to write the Little House um, series, and the last one in that series was published when she was 76 years old. I love her story because motivation came really out of difficulty, um, serious challenges, um, death, health challenges, and she she never gave up. She remained steadfast to getting her story out there. Look at the... uh, lives that were impacted by her stories and the success that those stories went on to have. Finally, the last story that I want to share with you is a personal friend of mine. She's been a mentor um, going almost on 15 years now. And I met her at at a workshop and her name is Gail. She is a numerologist. Her first career was a stockbroker in Chicago. And so very traditional, financial, no-nonsense type of career. When I got to know her, I asked her, I said, how did this come about? How did you go from being a stockbroker in Chicago to a numerologist in Southern California? And she explained that when she was in her 40s, 
she had gotten a reading, done a numerology reading, and, and the woman told her that when she was 64 years old, um, she was going to be uh, shifting into this new career and ordered her to study Pythagoras. And she said, well, that's 20 years from now. What am I supposed to do until then? And the woman said, grow. So that's what she did. She spent uh, the next 20 years really uh, doing the research and diving into this topic. And in her 60s, she walked away from her career as a stockbroker. Um, obviously, finance deals with numbers a lot. And she shared with me that she would actually go in front of like bankers, groups of bankers, um, corporate type gigs, and speak about numerology. And it just, I found that fascinating. I was like, really, Gail, they, they, isn't that kind of woo woo for these, you know, financial types. And she laughed and she said, well, you can get away with saying anything in a suit. Um, but she said, no, they were really interested. They would come up to her, um, surround her after her talk, and I'm really curious, asking her questions. And um, I believe she's close to 80, if not uh, into her 80s at this point. And she's still, uh, she has a YouTube channel. She still does workshops. I took my mom to see her speak one time when she was in Tucson a number of years ago. And uh, she's, um, her husband's not well. He's um, had some serious health challenges, but she perseveres, loves her work, and is uh, having a, an amazing impact on a lot of people who are really looking for answers in their lives. And I know the uh, information she shared with me was super valuable. It really helped me in making decisions about my future and, and what I wanted my life to look like. So I don't know what your passion is, what your... Um, you know, if a hobby, if you have a hobby that you really want to pursue, but I encourage you to go for it. And you never know, um, you know, this, this quarter, our theme is wealth. And uh, we're going to talk about, as I, I mentioned in the masterclass, there's a new definition of rich. And uh, it's not really about money. It's about freedom. And well, I'll talk about that more as we go further into this, this quarter. And explore this theme further. But what is it that's really tugging at you? What is it that really makes your heart sing? And whatever that is, do more of it. Thanks for tuning in to the Life in Paradise podcast. Did you love this episode? If so, we'd love for you to follow, rate, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We invite you to tune in every week for more inspired insights and wisdom to create your somebody pinch me reality. And until next time, dream big and act on it daily.